Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to TBN, TBN, TBN. This is the this is the stream where we focus down on all the good all the good things in life: news, advocacy, science, policy, legislation, nicotine smoking, all all the things. We got a bunch of news to talk about today. Uh, I'm your host, Nick. Joined now by Danielle Jones, president of CASA. No big deal. Hi, Danielle Jones. And today we're welcoming Logan Exhales over there on the far right. In fact, the vice president of the CASA. Vice the vice president of CASA, Logan Exhales. You, you like it when, some I, when real I say important Logan people in the house today? It's true. This is true. This is basically a CASA stream right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. that's the influence. You're like the Bloomberg influence we're, we're on the Grim sphere. CEO. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, you know. Otherwise, it's basically the Oval Office of CASA right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, essentially, yeah. the Oval Office of CASA. Well, that's good. Look, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm, I'm. Thank you for being here today, Logan. I know you're a working man and you work today, but damn it, you made I it did. happen. I ran and... home, I jumped in the shower, and then jumped immediately right back out of the shower. You know, two seconds scrub that's, down. And I'm that's here. all you need. Just a quick rinse. Yeah. You just need. Just... I just need to get the dirt off, really. <laughs> Just get the dirt off. Jump yeah, you on just YouTube. Gotta get the dirt off. Yeah. Jump on YouTube. Talk about vape news. Danielle sure. Jones. It's been a, a full week. How's Danielle Jones been? Oh, Danielle Jones is in the very hectic process of moving. Oh, so. Danielle Jones, which is guys, like the most fun that any human being can ever. It have. really is so it, much fun. It's just so this is going to be the last. By the way, viewers and listeners, this is going to be the last stream on Nick's channel that you're going to see me in California, actually. Yeah, by Last California. One. So this situation that you're looking at right now, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Mm. I'm out. I'm out. Is the office the first thing that gets set up? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. 100% yes. Are you going to try to make like, it as accurate as it is now? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're going to freestyle it, change no, it up? Good. We're changing Good. it up okay, for cool. sure. Yeah. I'm actually looking at like different lighting setups. I've been watching all these lighting video tutorials. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. The lighting is not good right now, just FYI, because you know what? Today I said, fuck the patriarchy and I'm not wearing any makeup. So I yeah. just dimmed them a little because like, power. we don't want to see, you know, you know. It's, I just wasn't feeling it today, you guys. I'm real sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at new lighting setups. <laughs> I want like new furniture for the back. Like a lot of these same decorations. I mean, come on. Who do you think I am? You're still going to see these, but they're going to be in like different orientations. Whole I'm new gonna build, shui vibe. I'm going to have a garage. Gonna I'm going to have a garage, you guys. It's going to get turned into a workshop and I'm going to be building some furniture. Okay. Dude. Danielle Jones building Stop. furniture. Oh yes. Yeah. What's oh, yes. what? Wait, what's that? when you say furniture? Mm -hmm. You mean like you're gonna build a couch? Not a couch, but okay. I'm gonna build dressers. Oh, on my okay. I'm gonna build dressers. Okay. I already have plans for it. Okay. I've, I've been like taking measure. I was drawing diagrams in Illustrator yesterday of my dressers. Of okay. Oh. Like I get real deep. You guys know me, okay? Whether oh, it's yeah. soap. Or like National Youth Tobacco Tobacco Survey data, I get into it. Okay, yeah. in the granular, I've got shopping lists. I'm buying like you know a rip cut guide. I'm got buying like Craig pocket hole jig. I'm buying you know edge banding. Okay, <laughs> don't know any like, of these words. Oh, they're they're glorious words. Literally, yeah. all I watch on YouTube is home renovation or woodworking. That's pretty much it. That's my life right now. 
I'm so excited well, about it. Well, just don't don't give in to the lies of Chip and Joanna. I mean, their stuff is kind of nice. Chip and I'm, Joanna. I'm not going to lie. It's like not... I kind of like Listen, their if you're aesthetic. if you're if you're into distressed ship lap, then fine. Then, okay, otherwise, a, no. Like Did not that's, all. Yes, of that's all it is. I love is that. Distress wood and ship lap. I mean, they they go a little more urban farmhouse. Oh. I the urban part is what I'm into. Like urban a tiny bit of a tiny I'm a, I dig some exposed wood. You know what I'm sure, saying? Like sure. I dig some exposed <laughs> wood. But like, not all the way, but like a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It's just half exposed. I want this brand new $4,000 mahogany table. I just want you to run sandpaper. Across. That's <laughs> yeah, what. I, yeah, yeah. That's what I need. I you want know? it to look like it was at the bottom of Lake Michigan yeah, for it, two I years. I want it to look like I got it from the Salvation Army or Goodwill, I mean, but I'll know. I'll know that it's four thousand dollar mahogany. I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna build my stuff out of plywood. Okay, first hardwood plywood, but like plywood. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm gonna do high fun stuff. Fine, high fun, end plywood. Higher end yeah. plywood. Probably some Baltic birch plywood. You if anyone see if you would can really get like, into, to like know. any like hemo plywood or particle board groups on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that a thing? I don't know, but I'm sure that you have to go through like nine raffles and all sorts of stuff. To, you have to have someone vouch for you before you can even, even get, get in the a group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm to probably even get a not, chance to look at a picture of the wood. I'm probably not pro sauce enough to like, you know, get into those groups. I'm learning though, because you know me, I absorb all the knowledge like a sponge. I feel like I know precisely how to build this dresser. Also, I want to do something cool with the drawer fronts, right? Like, I think they have these cool things called maker studios in Indi in the area that I'm moving to in Indianapolis. And you can like pay a monthly like subscription and go into their facility and they've got like laser cutters and CNC machines and like oh, that's cool. 3D printers. And like, you just go in there and it's like playground for nerdy people who build stuff that's and kind so, of amazing yeah right and so i want to like do something fun with the fronts of the drawers like maybe do some engravings in them or something and then stain them and then i have this one-of-a-kind gorgeous amazing custom dresser that i made myself holy shit i'm and really excited all you your, guys all your the homemade real, soaps real. in it exactly just, i could put just all oh, of soap oh yeah the soap is not going nowhere i'm still doing the soap for sure i just had soap to... inside of a handmade Speaking of this soap, I am all out of Logan's Woodsy That's soap. right. Logan was my newest. <laughs> Logan's like, Woodsy Soap? I think yeah. that's what it was called. It was, it was something like It that. was called. Yeah. I made him the custom labels. So I've yeah. advanced since I met, last made you soap, Nick. So you don't know this. But I have reformulated my, my formulation. And I also, I don't know if you kept any, Logan, but I use these cute little paper oh, bags. Oh, no. I didn't keep any. Oh. I used every bar. Well, no, Too the bag. Good. I'm talking about the bags. Oh, the bag? The no, but I do have a picture, and I'm looking for it right now. So I switched over to paper bags because of the environment. Okay, why Obviously. do we need to wrap everything yes. in plastic? We definitely don't. Just and they fit the soap ocean. great. And then I'd make, on my printer, custom stickers for each person that I make soap for, right? So for Christmas, my brother wanted this, like, space-themed soap. So I made him one called, like, Space Rocks, Moon Rocks. Yeah, see? Those are my little custom labels. And so, Logan, oh. when I did my interview... Logan's Woodsy Soap on it. Yes, it does. Because <laughs> that's what he told me try, he wanted. I love that name. Soap, yeah, okay. that's... I made I made uh, custom labels for my brother. I did it for my mom. I also did it for Beecher. <laughs> his, his... Logan's... <laughs> I'm dying, Phil. Woodsy Soap. 
Logan's yeah, woodsy, woodsy soap. soap. She was like, she was like, what do you want this soap to smell like? And I was like, the woods. <laughs> the log- yeah, there. And then you got it. Logan's woodsy soap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there you trying go. to remember I, uh, what I did for Beecher. His was even funnier, I think. Hang on. Let me talk amongst yourselves. It's going to be hard to top uh, Logan's woodsy soap. Look, it's it's good, you guys. You're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna want some of, of this Logan's woodsy soap. Smelling like smelling like pine trees and ferns. <laughs> and it's glorious. Okay, it's going to be wonderful. Look, I go to work smelling pine like cones. the woods. I come home smelling like the woods. Just, oh, so for Beecher, woodsy. I found it. I did Beecher's ball tingly soap. Okay, Beecher's ball tingly soap. And the reason was because yes. so I ma- I started making a soap for um, Chloe and M Turk so that was a mentholated version, uh-huh. and I told them you know because whenever you have menthol in your soap you need to be a little bit cautious, especially if you have sensitive skin, in the areas that you put it. In you know what I mean? Like areas. just take care, right? You because know, it might be a surprising sensation that you are not could expecting. Be under- so I behind. warned them of that, but apparently Mike Turk loves that feature of the soap. Uh, yeah, like he's real into it. I've known it. a lot of people that are de- that is a desirable thing yeah. for them. So I I told Beecher about it, and he was like, "That's the soap I want." And so I made him the same recipe. Beecher's balting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Listen, and then the if woodsy you don't... soap doesn't tingle the balls. No, I do not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. But want you will smell fantastic. That. Yeah. I mean, use all the essential oils. So the real question is, is your new furniture building uh, entrepreneurship going to be, you know, you're going to start making TikToks like. Oh, no. No, my husband asked me that, too. He was like, he was like, when you start doing this, are you going to make like a YouTube channel like all the people that you watch? And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no. That is That's good. a level I'm of glad work I'm no. not interested in. I'm glad you said no. I'm glad no. you said no that it's not going to be on social media. I have no desire to be a YouTuber. You know what I mean? Like with the channel and making the money from it and having to like keep up a schedule and like produce the content. It's tough. No, thank you. It's rough. It's fun though. It's rewarding. I was just talking to Kent about this. I could see it be less rewarding for doing other things, but I find vape YouTubing really rewarding sure. just because of what, what vaping is and it's getting people who smoke to stop smoking. And every time someone tells me they stopped, it feels like I stopped again. I'm like, I know that feeling. Oh God, you must feel great right now. And like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a very rewarding thing, but I could see I, I build chairs and after like your 900th chair, you might be like, all right, so I'm done building chairs, you guys. That's it. <laughs> I built enough chairs. I mean, nah, I mean, cause I'm, I want like stuff for me, right? So like dressers, I need a, like, sure, a media sure. console. Also a lot of time, I mean, I also like getting furniture secondhand and then like painting it and doing mm. stuff to it. So that is another, so I feel like these skills, right? <laughs> doing stuff to is it? Doing stuff to it, right? And I've done this a few times already. And I sometimes make some major modifications, right? I'm like ripping off the base, putting new legs on, you know what I mean? And that will still require some of these woodworking skills. So I feel, I feel, you know, I'm not going to get bored of this, you guys. I, I like how Danielle picks up like two new hobbies and is already full in and like a subject matter expert on them. I feel like I'm just an is not going to commit to something unless she's ready to fully commit. Yeah, I, I am the exact like this, this, this woodworking person. thing. It would either be a <laughs> that's not for me or 
we're going all yeah, in. Yeah, or There's I'm going to no build the between. Sistine Chapel. and Yeah, yeah. I'm buying a yeah. table saw, you yeah. guys. I'm buying a table <laughs> all saw. All the way. Yeah. It's just, that's interesting to me because I'm the exact opposite. And I've always been the exact opposite. Even when I was a kid, I'm like learning how to play piano and take piano lessons. I'm like, this is hard and I'm not good. Let's quit. Oh, but I really want to play this instrument. This is hard and I'm not good. Let's quit. Oh, you want to learn how to play basketball, tennis, football, like all of these things. I'm not very good at. Let's quit. That I mean, continues to this day. I'm that way with musical instruments. Like I, I couldn't know. I mean, I have a tiny, like, that would be cool if I could play guitar. I've several times tried to learn. I have no, like, practice. discipline for practicing. Yeah, like, yeah I'm just you got to practice. Not, I've tried a yeah. bunch of different instruments. None of them stuck. Like, that is not a thing for me. But random, crafty hobbies? Oh, I'm all about it. You're and I, like, I'll research it for, like, a year before I ever attempt to do it. That's Before you the other... even pick up your first band song. Oh, yeah. Like, I watched how to make soap videos for, like, 8 to 12 months before I ever bought any supplies. Do you think people Same... do that with vaping? Do you think people watch vape videos for, like, months, for, like, two to three months on end before they, like, finally decide on something? I don't know the answer to that. I kind of did that. I watched the same. Mm -hmm. I watched this one singular vape YouTube video over and over and over again for like, it was well over a month, probably two solid months of just the same video before I finally went, okay, I viewed this enough times. I'm actually going to buy it. I'm actually so going to jump in. Like, I'm kind of like Danielle in the either I'm not going to do it or I'm going to go all in sense. But I... <laughs> I am the exact opposite when it comes to research. I'm like, I'm going to go do this thing and learn absolutely nothing about it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind I'm of just that gonna, way I'm too. just going to dive in and figure it out as I go along. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm exactly the same way. And I've grown a skill. I think I've evolved actually a little bit beyond humanity in that I have the uncanny ability to eyeball things. I mean, like down to millimeters, I'll just eyeball stuff and hang stuff on the wall and it's straight and I'll eyeball it or we're moving something. And I'm like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm, I can eyeball it. Just go eyeballing it. And that's not a skill that you generally want to have because you want to like measure and be precise. Sure. But because of my personality, I've grown this lazy skill of being able to eyeball things real good. Listen, you know, if it, if it ends up working out. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. There's so many parts of my job that it's just like eh, eyeball it, figure it out. And yeah, then there's other parts it. of my job where you're like, you can't mess up this cut, bro. Go get a yeah, tape. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get you. That's yeah. that's a four thousand dollar cut you're about to make. You're not gonna eyeball that. So oh, see Chris Collins it's a, it's a good in, mix. in the chat said he says, I do that now. I watched videos for over a year before the first time I bought my first vape. A year, a full year of watching vape videos that's interesting maybe i'm not weird yeah i did the same thing with furniture before i ever bought like a piece of furniture to like make over i watched youtube <laughs> videos for at least six months janine i've watched diy e-liquid videos for months have i diy'd no yeah i'm with you janine like yeah. i will tune in to diy videos like my friends diy videos and like hang out do the live thing chat with friends or whatever take absolutely nothing away from it I haven't learned how to mix it. <laughs> yeah, yet. same. All, I still all my flavorings are just struggle. sitting down here gathering dust right now. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I've watched I've watched so many e liquid DIY videos, and I think I've made one 
like strawberry milkshake vape and it was awful. And I was yeah. like, Nick, I was like, I'm not good at this. I'm going to quit. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bad at mixing. I'm going to quit. Yep. Yep, yeah. Same, yeah. Tried my hand at one recipe. Must not be for me. So does that mean? So if people watch vape videos for a year before they make a purchase, and people watch DIY videos for like a year before they mix their first DIY, does that mean that people will watch like TBN or an advocacy stream for like a year before oh they'll God, like? I hope not. Do the first call to action or get involved? Like, okay, after a year of TBN, I'm finally going to do that call to action. That's depressing to me. I can't think about that. Yeah, I hope not, you guys. If that's you, let's sir, cut that timeline down just a yeah, little bit. Let's sir or ma'am, if you are watching right now and you're like, oh, you, no, just do it right now. You, you don't need expertise to participate in advocacy. I'm talking to you. You don't need it. Okay. But no, you do need you, TBN. You literally need, <laughs> you literally need like two minutes. You do. You need like two minutes and mm -hmm. the will to click buttons. The that's will I mean, to the click buttons. That's the toughest part is clicking those buttons. Uh, I mean. Let's talk about some news. I'm going to go click on my air conditioning real quick. So we'll be right back to talk about Nicholas Florclo if you want to take it, Danielle Jones. <laughs> oh. You don't have to. From, no pressure. No pressure. The problem is I have a hard time reading on this tiny, tiny screen. But we are going. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, for those who don't know, Matt Holman um, is the, well, now former um, director, uh, so FDA's Center for Tobacco Products, he was their director of the Office of Science. And as of this morning, it was just announced that he is resigning from the FDA huh. to go work for the one and only Philip Morris International, huh. which I find hysterical. Sure. But public health policy wonks are losing their collective mind on Twitter. And I find that slightly amusing to watch. But here, Nick, you could take it from here. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, to be honest, I didn't know who I didn't know of Matt Holman until literally I read this news. I said I thought, oh, whatever, Mitch Zeller, he's a center for tobacco products. And that's the name that I know. Didn't know who Matt Holman was. But yeah, as I'm sure Danielle said, Matt Holman He's leaving to go to, uh, to to Philip Morris International, which seems weird, but also doesn't seem super weird, but not for cynical reasons. Like they do this with pharma all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. All FDA and the pharma time. Is just, it's just a revolving door between the yes. two. Yes. And so like that was just kind of my first thought with, with this is it's it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, yeah. It's I not, mean, it is that, if you think about it, but to everybody I mean, else, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, it's it, it's him. just kind of the the same thing here. I, I like what uh, I like what uh, Alex Norcia had to say about it. Hang on, let me find what he had to say. Absolutely, about it real yeah. Quick. I almost he had some like good hot Alex takes Norcia on it. Say about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He had some good hot takes on it. I, I don't know exactly which order I'm supposed to read these in. I think they are orderless. You can do whatever. A uh, small scoop from an informed source. Talks began with Holman at the beginning of July uh, and at Matt's instigation and after he had already recused himself of his FDA duties. Right. This might not be the correct order to read these in. That's, but that's in reply to what he said here. He said, I'll also add that the communications of his departure only leaves speculation. We're supposed to just patently trust the FDA slash PMI to explain when talks loosely began. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious happened, 
but it's uh, it's only inviting ridicule. So he's alluding to the idea that maybe PMI was courting him. He's just saying we don't really know what the timeline was, but then he did that tweet that you read first, clarifying that he got information. And so right. the facts are they started negotiations or talks in July. Yeah. Um, Holman had already recused himself from his duties, so it wasn't like... So it's not a quid pro quo situation based sure, on the facts available sure, to us. Sure. Uh, but I do find it interesting that apparently Matt Holman instigated it, right? He went to yeah. PMI, it sounds like, and said, hello, would you like to hire me? It's not yeah. like they went after him is what this is making it sound like. Right. Anyway. Was he, oh man, you could speculate for days as to why he did that. Well, and Alex Norsha has a really good tweet on that exact thing if you can find it which I very much agree with. I do like what he said here. He said, there's a way to view Holman leaving the FDA for PMI in the larger context of the e-cigarette debate. As safer nicotine products are authorized, the culture at tobacco companies will shift. People who would never have worked for big tobacco are near, are, are now clearly considering it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that does kind of make sense if you're as qualified as we believe Holman to be and mm-hmm. you have this expertise of 20 plus years with FDA and being in the Center for Tobacco Products and seeing all, uh, all of the new vapor products or whatever, you're going to become a subject matter expert. Maybe there's just more money in the private sector. More money. And also somebody in chat said this too. He'll probably save more lives at PMI than he will at FDA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a weird reaction to have, though, too, because I had the same exact reaction when I read this news. Is like, oh, well, he'll do better at PMI. He'll do more, more better things mm-hmm. at PMI than he would at FDA. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, like that much experience with FDA is only going to benefit PMI going forward. With, sure, with getting you know safer products out and getting them through authorization or whatnot. So, I mean, hey, if it comes with more money and it's going to put better products out and it's going to help that whole process. Yeah. I, look, knock them dead, man. Go knock get them. Yeah. Go bananas. Go get them, Matt. Well, Holman. don't actually knock them dead. We're trying to do the opposite. But Yeah, you know we're what? trying to save them. But. <laughs> <laughs> but and so but this also beg, like leaves open the idea that we're going to get somebody new. Right. Who. I mean, that's a, just a complete wild card in the whole regulatory you know, process anyway. Like, who are we going to get this new cool. guy? We're Could right be... back to where we always are. Yeah, we're right back to where we always hey, are, where we don't know. what do you going to happen at FDA this year? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I, hate, I, who I knows? personally hate being asked those questions. Like, I hate speculating because I'm always wrong every right. time. Yeah, I've been yeah. wrong in my few predictions that I've made about FDA. I was oh, adamant. Sure. I was adamant, adamant that FDA was going to authorize a menthol jewel like before the end of 2021. It's like, I would I bet thought, my sure, life tobacco, on this. Right. I thought tobacco for sure. Menthol, they're, they're, they can't make uh, up their minds about. But tobacco? I mean, I was come r- on. way wrong about that. Yeah. Man, way wrong about tobacco. Who saw that coming? Right. Yeah, I just don't even guess at this point. I just sit back with my bucket of popcorn and wait for Twitter to tell me what happened. Yeah, wait for Twitter to tell you what yeah, happened. I'm just like, yeah, we'll, it, we'll figure it out. It always just here. seems just... so completely out of your control, too. It's like, oh, this guy's stepping down? Okay, so... And it's like when we got the new head of uh, the CTP from the the CDC, Brian King, mm-hmm. who turns out is probably the worst choice possible for vaping and harm reduction to head up the CTP. Mm-hmm. And we just got him. 
completely out of our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems to be happening, you know, consistently to us, and we have no, you know, right. control. Look, I mean, that's our plight. Also, that's where we've been for like, years. And it's even more frustrating because these aren't elected positions to begin right. with. So no. it's even more, more outside of our control. Right. Yeah, just sit back with your popcorn and it'll be here when it when it gets here. It'll, the, that yeah, the new head of the science division of the Center for Tobacco Products, who's replacing the guy that worked there for 20 plus years. I hope we don't get another Brian King. I don't want some young guy that has no idea what's going on turns out brian king's old assistant is uh applying for that position right now oh okay. oh yeah, you know? good yeah good i hope so i hope stanton glance is applying for that position oh oh god my god <laughs> i wasn't even going to bring up stanton glance but he had some other ridiculous science you know i was this close to almost forgetting about stanton glance yeah right 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 he, he'd been gone for is. so long and then sure enough today right in my twitter feed it's like stanton glance and i just hear his stan glancy voice and he's talking about <laughs> yep for the here's the first evidence blog. Hot takes from Glancy. Yeah, hot yeah. takes from Glancy. You know who I'd rather have hot takes from? Ethan Nadelman. Any day of the right? week. Right? Any day of the week. Uh, so we've talked about Ethan Nadelman before on this stream. Um, Logan, do you want to spout off some Ethan Nadelman facts? Or anyone, feel free to spout yeah, off some the, Ethan Nadelman the facts. founder of Drug Policy Alliance, which was... Uh, Oh, what was their original name when he founded it? I don't. I don't remember. I'm not mm. even going to try to to spit all that one. But uh, yeah, uh, former director for um, Drug Policy Alliance. He's been, you know, fighting the the war on drugs for decades and decades now, um, and also very outspoken nowadays about tobacco harm reduction. I mean, he's a harm reductionist through and through, mm-hmm. um, and he, he's very much on our side with all of this. So yeah, and he's got the. Uh psychedelics podcast mm-hmm. such a good podcast psycho psychoactive 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 is that the name of got, his podcast yeah yes. psychoactive podcast well he did a ama on reddit and i don't know who who here is redditors um i i, I am a redditor i've been i've been going to reddit for as long as i can remember it's actually not that long um but i like reddit and they have a subreddit called uh ama where it's basically they get uh, you know, professionals and doctors and scientists and actors and uh, game designers and all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life to basically say, hi, I'm this specialty person. Go ahead and ask me anything. And he did, it started at noon on Reddit. It's I'm sure it's done by now. But he was getting some really good questions. And I wanted to read the question and answer uh, from The Truth About Vaping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The truth about vaping asked Ethan a question and uh, he gave a really good answer. And I like this. Like if you're on Reddit, just go up, go, go, go upvote these, you know, that'd be, that'd be nice. But uh, it says, Hey, Ethan, uh, what would you say to organizations like the truth initiative who argue that nicotine vaping is not a valid form of harm reduction? His answer is is as good as you would expect. He said, I'd say they're being disingenuous and even lying. It's a real shame because the Truth Initiative, under the earlier leadership of Cheryl Hilton and with key staff like David Abrams and Ray Naruya, was very much pro-harm reduction. 
The evidence in favor of harm reduction is incontrovertible. The question of what to do about teens who never smoked starting to vape is a distinct issue and concern, but it never justifies obfuscation and dishonesty about the benefits of harm reduction for smokers who can't quit. And the fact that big tobacco is increasingly invested in harm reduction should not be used as an excuse to oppose health-based interventions and innovations that could save countless lives. Ethan, 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 Ethan. He's Ethan. just so well-spoken. So well-spoken. He's, he's been doing this uh, yeah, a real long time. Yeah, for like, what, 40 time. years or something? Yeah, yeah, he's been doing this a real long time, he's and he's, he's just so well-spoken. Yeah, so well-spoken, always knows, like, yeah, always knows what he's talking about. And honestly, I, I just read that in his voice, mm-hmm. and, and it makes it all better because Ethan Nadelman has a great, like, speaky, podcasty voice as well that I just, I just love. True facts. So yeah, I'll, I'll bet him put a link to this in the description of this uh, of this here video. And I would suggest uh, if you're on Reddit, even if you're not on Reddit, go check out this AMA because I was looking through it trying to find, you know, harm reduction, vaping related questions. And uh, uh, Jim McDonald, I think, asks him a question in there. And uh, as you saw, truth about vaping, Danielle Jones asked him a question in there. Oh, but you know. there's some really interesting I don't know. There's some really interesting thought provoking questions. That's like, it's one of those things that you don't know you're interested in until you start reading it. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, huh? Yeah. How would someone who prescribes stuff, you know, there's having this discussion about someone who prescribes, who works at a pharmacy and their customer is telling them that they're not using the meds that they're being prescribed in favor of like psychedelics and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And so he's like, I follow the science, but I'm torn between my duty to give them this prescription and tell them to not do those psychedelics, but I know that the psychedelics could help them. That's really fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. The psychedelic research is fascinating. Yeah, really fascinating. Really fascinating. And like I would never do it, right but now with, I want with to. Psilocybin and ketamine-assisted therapies. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. People with severe depressive disorder, PTSD. Like, right. It's, I mean, even even talking about, like, MDMA mm-hmm. for, for PTSD, the, the science around it right now is phenomenal. And, and yeah. I'm just really excited to see where it goes because... Yeah. These are things that I feel like a lot of people like within the drug using community have kind of experienced and known for a really long time. Yeah. But it doesn't really go anywhere until we can do the research. And because these drugs are scheduled, research Mm -hmm. on them has been so poor for so long and we're finally getting somewhere with it. And it's just really exciting because so many of these drugs are going to have half or less these like severe side effects compared Mm -hmm. to pharmaceuticals out there. And that's just a really that's just a really like fills me with hope, you know. Yeah, yeah. That I, I people think, are going to get better help. Um, yeah, I think that this can me. only I think this can only be a good thing, right? It it's going to be better for the patients who are involved in it, and I think it's going to be better overall to help destigmatize maybe some of people's preconceived notions about what's what certain drugs are and what they Mm -hmm. do and how they can help and how we can all function in a society and things like that i think it's only going to be a good thing and i'm also hopeful that a lot of these a lot of these drugs um you know if that's what it takes follows follows the path of cannabis where Mm -hmm. we really start to break into the medical models of cannabis which then just further opens the door to, you know, actual full recreational legalization and regulation around them. 
Um, what I would love to see us, you know, tomorrow legalize drugs and sure and go from there. But, you know, I think a lot of it to, to some degree requires time, requires figuring out those policies. And, and unfortunately, it's probably going to take something like the path that cannabis has taken in this country yeah. to get us there. Hopefully just not as long as it's, you know, as it's taken so far. I've heard, we can get I've heard some people say that uh, nicotine should take a similar route to that like in a medical sense and we need to you know use medical nicotine as like the the way the pathway forward with for recreational nicotine i find that pretty fascinating as well i mean also though they kind of already have right patches gums lozenges inhalers they did all that science and found that you know, okay, first it had to be through a prescription only from your doctor, right? And then after a number of years of safe and, It was over you know, the counter. Right, it's over the counter. So yeah. I feel like all the legwork on nicotine has kind of already been done. People <laughs> just conveniently forget that when they start talking about vaping and they're of a prohibitionist style, you know, mindset. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, nicotine never really being, I mean, we're moving there now, never really being part of, you know, the overall war on drugs and prohibition of drugs um, has only benefited nicotine science along the way. Because, you know, all these things that we tow all day long, new studies, this, that and the other, nicotine never had to go through like, oh, we can't study that because it's a schedule one substance. Right. Yeah, that's true. We've we've really benefited in the world of nicotine that it's never been there. Right. No, it's true. Oh, yeah, that is really true. That's really very true. You kind but of on the know. flip side of that, people don't necessarily recognize it as another casualty of the war on drugs, right? No, so when, and, and I mean, you know, Truth Initiative just- and people use the same tactics on nicotine as they do with cannabis or any other drug, people don't always recognize it because it is treated separately. So it's like a double-edged sword, right? In a lot of ways, it's good, but in some ways, it's also harder to get people to understand why these policies are so ridiculous and won't work sure yeah Yeah. you know yeah i mean nicotine is a drug at the end of the day it's just it's definitely taken a different path through history than yeah completely like like heroin or opium or or what have you um but I think we've benefited greatly through that. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we never just like outlawed Well, we did actually in this country. Yeah. Certain states, we outlawed smoking, we outlawed tobacco. And, but uh, yeah, tobacco has never been a schedule one substance. So nope. no, thank God for that. Thank God we know so much we know about nicotine. Yes. Yeah, look, now, now we just need to, you know, do better education and drug education and honesty and whatnot that would right. be great yeah that that would be great and not like twisting science into saying things that it doesn't say right yes yeah 100%. like we have a ton of science about nicotine like, none of it says that nicotine causes mental health issues yeah zero but of that it. doesn't stop them from saying that it does right zero sure. of it Zero of it. So look, this is going to lead into the idea of nicotine abstinence. But we're going to start with uh, the FDA kind of ordering a review of themselves. They want uh, FDA's head is ordering a review of not just its nicotine division, but its nicotine uh, tobacco and food divisions, uh, from what I understand. 
And uh, it's interesting. I don't know that anything really is going to super, I don't know. I try to be optimistic, um, but I don't know that anything is super going to come of it because it looks like, it, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and read this whole article, but, you know, they, they picked this certain foundation, which is familiar with the FDA. And anyway, it's not really super about that. But I think that's an interesting thing that's happening, and I personally would like to see something come of it. I would, you know, I in an ideal world, this Reagan Udall Foundation that's going to be, you know, uh, investigating the FDA, they just come back and say, well, yep, yeah, they've been messing up like crazy, you know, right. and uh, all the all these regulations are, you know, terrible. Just tell us everything we want to hear. But I think the likelihood of that happening seems very, very low to me. Considering yeah, I would, I would they're a friendly to... partnering organization with the FDA. Yeah. They're like friends of the like FDA. be like a five-star gold review. Yeah, I mean... exactly. Exactly. That would be the, my worst case scenario is for them to find literally nothing wrong. They're like, nope, FDA, nope, doing everything right. Clearly, yeah. they did it all right. Yeah. Let me check my notes. Yep, five stars. You guys are good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let yeah. me... Yep, yep, you guys killed it. Yeah, I would love for somebody to walk in and be like, uh, let's see, upon further review, you guys are doing real bad. Yeah, real That would bad. be great. That <laughs> would be great. Real bad. Real bad. Not protecting yeah. public health. Real bad. But. Yeah, it's like that one product on Amazon that gets like the half a star. Like you get half a gold <laughs> star and that's it. Like that's what I want FDA to get. We want that half FDA a gold star. half a star review. Like they only get that because they did better than CDC during a volley. But that's it. That's that's where that half a gold star comes from. That's the best you get. Which really, that's that's a pretty low bar, by the way. It, it, it it's yeah. I mean, but it's fitting though for FDA. I think. Absolutely. Well, so there's a there's a there's a spot in here where they. Uh, talk to cliff douglas and cliff douglas and people like uh you know kenneth warner there's they're the reason i wear the university of michigan hat because university of michigan besides yale seems to be one of the only universities really caring like their department of public health their school of public health they seem to really care about tobacco and tobacco control probably because of cliff douglas and the things that he's done with american cancer and you know and the such as as i often like to say um, but this is from, I think this is from Cliff Douglas. Am I wrong? Am I reading the wrong so part, Daniel he Jones? and like 12 or so other people got together and wrote a letter. And Correct. that's what this is. So this is an excerpt from the letter. Right, that they wrote and signed. Neil Benowitz, I think, was on it. Um, some other people as well. Somebody from Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Okay. Harm reduction. This is a weird thing to say, Daniel Jones. Harm reduction is too often misunderstood in the tobacco control community as conflicting with traditional tobacco control measures. Okay. But tobacco sure. harm reduction explicitly prefers nicotine abstinence to any nicotine use, thus both preventing underage nicotine use and promoting adult cessation from smoking and all other tobacco products. Tobacco product use is ideal. Now, I don't know if Cliff Douglas is speaking for me, but tobacco harm reduction to me is not nicotine abstinence. And I've never not thought of it. Explicitly prefer not I don't abstinence. explicitly prefer nicotine abstinence. I explicitly prefer harm reduction. 
Yeah, I mean, no, no harm reduction explicitly prefers abstinence. You know, harm yeah, reduction that seems as a, crazy as a whole to me. Is is such an individualistic thing, and for some people, abstinence, yeah, achieving abstinence through through harm reduction is 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 great if that's the end goal for the person, whatever is best for that person. But no harm reduction ever explicitly prefers abstinence. That's yeah. just what we call abstinence. Right, prohibition. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> Right, like, exactly. I mean, prohibition and abstinence are different things, but that the only thing that explicitly prefers abstinence is abstinence. Like that, that's it. There's no other way to to paint that picture. So it's just that's a wildly contradicting statement. Wildly contradicting statement. And Danielle Jones pointed this out on Twitter. Yeah, sorry recently. guys, I couldn't. And look, I want to I want to be clear on this. I really appreciate that Cliff Douglas gets involved in this topic. I really Same. appreciate that Same. he understands the importance of nicotine vaping products. I hope that he will continue to do that and speak out against people who are wildly unreasonable or spread junk science. But I am also not going to let this go because that is not an accurate statement about tobacco harm reduction. And I, I think that... I you know, agree. I, Cliff Douglas is a tobacco control person. Like uh -huh. that is the world that he comes from. But he, I think, was enlightened by the fact that he had like a niece that was able to use a jewel to quit smoking. So that personal experience sort of opened his mind a little bit. But he is also still a very traditional tobacco control guy. Yep. And so I think that's where this comes from. Right. And it may be a mixture of like, this is his perception or also this is how he thinks if he words it this way, it will be more palatable to other tobacco control people. I, I understand that. But the thing is, that is not an accurate representation of what tobacco harm reduction is. Uh -uh. And I'm not OK with somebody defining it that way. Do you think this is. Uh, same, same. In fact, let's read your tweet. The only thing tobacco harm reduction explicitly prefers is reducing the negative consequences, death slash disease of smoking. Tag and Doug. Safer nicotine use is a pillar of THR. Nicotine abstinence is tobacco control's explicit preference, not THR's. Really, really, very well. Really, really, very well said. I mean... I can't. has he replied to you or anything on this? Oh yet? no. Oh okay. okay. I didn't really expect him to either. Um I think people kind of have to you know understand what they're getting into when they you know support and and look at people like even Ken Warner and like Cliff Douglas I know. like yeah. we want them on our team. Don't get me wrong, we yep. do. But they still at the very core and heart of their you know, little souls or whatever, they still believe that using no products, no nicotine, no tobacco, they still believe that that is the best possible result right. for humanity. Right. Yes, correct. And true, you know, tobacco harm reductionists and harm reductionists in general don't necessarily abide by that. They, as Logan, you know, was talking about, we tobacco, you know, harm reduction in general wants to reduce negative consequences. It doesn't particularly concern itself with whether or not that includes complete abstinence from said substance 
or not. You know, that mm -hmm. is a personal decision for that person. Mm -hmm. If an individual person feels that that is the best way for them forward, then sure, that is supported. But if they want to continue using nicotine forever, but they are not, you know, dying of lung cancer, getting COPD or emphysema or high blood pressure or heart attacks, if none of that is happening, harm reduction says, be you, bro, do you, have yeah. fun. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. reducing harm in a variety of different strategies, right? A lot of different kinds. Absolutely. And I just, I don't, I feel like he was distorting the definition of tobacco harm reduction. And there is not a world in which I'm okay with that because yeah. it's not trying to get everyone to stop using everything. That's, that's not what it is. It's about helping Do people be safe and healthy and happy. And alive. Do you think this is uh, just old tobacco control, you know, uh, mindset? Like autopilot? Yeah, like a mindset? Like when you're in tobacco control for this long, you know, uh, and that's been your agenda and your worldview of, you know, tobacco bad, need to get rid of it, need to yeah. end all tobacco use. When you when you live in that world for so long, I mean, there's a lot of folks who have broken out of that uh, and it tends to take firsthand, you know, experience. But even even folks like Cliff, you know, a lot of times they they, they kind of get wishy washy. They're somewhere in the middle of, of recognizing it while still falling back on that safety cushion of, well, abstinence is best. Right. Right. You right. Know? And and while abstinence for some is absolutely best. But like Danielle said, you know, that's that's not what harm reduction is. Harm reduction is me not caring what you choose to put in your body because it's absolutely none of my business. But if I can help you stay alive or do something safer or or whatever that is or, or help you take care of uh, or manage or find ways to manage some kind of problematic use, uh, that's that's what I want to do. That's yeah. that's that's harm reduction. That's that's not at the end of the day saying, well, cool. Good job. Pat on your back. You're doing a great job so far, but you're still going to quit. Right. Exactly. That's, that's, yeah. That's, tobacco oh, that's what it feels lines. like. Right. That's, that's you know, tobacco that's control. Totally that's tobacco like. control. Oh. And that's, that's, that's not harm reduction. And I think that that's probably Cliff's perspective. Right. I think that he probably views nicotine vaping as a stepping stone uh -huh. to complete sure. abstinence. Yeah. Which is why and he, he thinks it has a place. That it's safer, and he's, right. he's very much on Unders the side of these products being available to people. Exactly, but he thinks still at the end of the day, the goal should be to stop vaping, also, and that's where this yeah. can, in my opinion, become problematic because yeah. that isn't the point. If you want to vape for forever, what you should be able I, to I do that. I plan on it. I plan on being yeah, the first I'd person also, to vape for forever. You know, I don't have any plans of not vaping, so. She's going to vape for forever. But yeah, no, Cliff, Cliff is, is much respect as I have for Cliff and folks like Cliff. who have Which is a lot. Really, it's a yeah, lot. I have a lot of respect for There's an abundance of respect that I have for him uh, and, and a lot of folks like Cliff who have, you know, come out in opposition of a lot of what's going on right now. Um, at the end of the day, folks like Cliff do very much still care what you put into your body. Yeah. And that's that's. That's that's, you know, I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Daniel Jones had to break that harsh reality to me. I don't remember how long ago this was, but I, I had I just I was like Cliff Douglas. I first ran across Cliff Douglas. I was like, oh, he gets it. He gets it. He understands vaping. He totally gets it. And in my mind, I was like, Cliff Douglas can do no wrong. And then it was like, 
months pass and I'm like, okay, well maybe he can do some wrong. And then I was, I remember feeling like defeated one day. Cause I'm like, why would he say that? Like, why would Cliff Douglas say that? And Danielle Jones was basically like, look, tobacco controllers are going to tobacco control. They just, yep. they have that mindset. It, they're hard to, you know, they, they're dinosaurs. They've been doing it for so long that it's hard to yeah. steer the I mean, ship. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of them out there who fully support all of this science and, and understand it, but still, you know, want the safety net of a prescription model or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, still right. very opposed to the idea of this being like a free market place of yeah. tobacco harm reduction, you know, where we look at something like naloxone or, or other forms of, of medication, um, and things like that, where there's a prescription model behind that harm reduction. And so they very much want that. That's what they want. They don't want the free market of harm reduction, which I I think is the best way to do it. Like these products 100%. exist, these meta, you know, these things work for people. It's harm reduction and prevention all at once. And yeah. that's the model that I want to see in the world. And I think most of us would agree with that. That's the but, only model that realistically makes sense. That's if, the model that works if the, the best. Yeah, so, if the consumer, in my opinion, right? If the if when you cigarettes are a consumer product, doctors or needing insurance or yeah. needing to pay expensive costs, yeah. that's gatekeeping it, right? If you truly yeah. want to get it out into the world, you inject it into the capitalist system and you let people, you know, make money off of it, spread it to their friends, use word of mouth, right? Nothing like sells a product as well as your like best friend or family member saying, man, you got to understand this worked so well for me. Instant purchase, right? That's how you get people on board with things. And I, that is, I think the most effective way to spread a solution like that. And you're right. I mean, once we, once we, we put things into, you know, the medical establishment and we're talking about people having to have insurance or all these other things, you've basically, like you said, you've gatekept this to the affluent white community. That's what you've done. hundred percent. That's, that's who you're benefiting. You're not benefiting everyone else. You're not benefiting the communities that need it the most, most certainly. Right. And so, that's that's the medical model uh and and it's and it's just for lack of a better word it's just shitty cigarettes are a consumer product exactly cigarettes are a consumer product that you can just buy you don't need prescription you don't even really need permission if you have the little cart that says you're old enough that's it and they're they're not even that expensive and all in some places they're very expensive but for a large swath of the country they're pretty inexpensive you can't develop a, a, a competitor or a you know alternative product if it can't compete on that same playing field, right? Yeah, it needs to be available everywhere. It needs to be affordable and it needs to be something that people can see other people out around doing to be like, oh, what is that? Like, perhaps I should try that as well. I'm, I'm not necessarily a like, the free market fixes everything. Like that's not a, a position that I usually take. I think the free market has some pretty big flaws and we could talk about that some other time. But in this particular instance, if you have a technology and you're trying to get it out to the masses, I think the free market is fantastic for yeah, that because it encourages competition, which makes products more affordable. It you know encourages innovation because people want to have the next best thing. Mm-hmm. That's what really gets something out there and, and prolific in the world. The perfect example, I think of the free market working as the free market intended is uh, TVs, TVs. 
Think about the last five years in TVs, how astronomically bigger and higher resolution they've gotten and how cheaper they've gotten. Yep. Because there's there was no like special interest interference or mm -hmm. government anything involved. It was just the market and just the people going, we want more resolution, cheaper cost. And everyone's like, okay, we can do that. And then we got there. Right. It's amazing. Yep. Now apply that to a multitude of other things that are currently encumbered by, <laughs> you know, non-free market things like cronyism and, and special interests and the what have you. Then you end up with what FDA does to vaping and gives it yeah, to you know, two really companies so far. Which really is and, and over-regulation. Yeah. I think zero regulation is a horrible idea. Same. Just right. have to go out right. on a limb there and say right. zero regulation for just about any industry is a horrible idea. There has to be some um, regulation. Yes. Right, because our world would just burn. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it because would be done. It'd be over. Corporations do will. put profits over yeah. people. Like we need oh, to yeah. be honest we, about this. We wouldn't this. even be here anymore. We'd have been right. long gone. Vaporized. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, once once we get into the point where where regulation is turning back progress, right? You know that then that's we've, a problem. We've reached. Yeah, we've reached a we've reached a really shitty point in that regulation. Yeah, like when right. you see smoking. Uh, you know, cigarette sales go up for the first time in like 16 right. years or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, okay, wait, hang on. <laughs> you guys, I feel like we should, I feel like we should be able to get everybody in the room, a bunch of stakeholders, FDA, some politicians and just go, okay, guys, what are we doing right now? Come on. Listen, Raja said Come it was on. bad. So everybody quit vaping. <laughs> right. yeah. Just go back to smoking. Right. Meredith Berkman and Raja said it's bad. Oh, uh, Pave. Pave said it was bad. Yeah, those angry moms said it was bad. So those angry, yeah, those angry moms said it was bad. Here's something I wanted to post in the description of this uh, stream. Did you guys see this tweet? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. this is a pretty good tweet. Uh, some good replies on it, and I'd like to see some more replies on it. Um, but one A, and I don't know exactly what organization this is. So from what I understand, I think they have a show on NPR. Correct. Yep. Your, your story checks out. So they I think it. it's like, you know, a program, like a podcast or something that then gets like, what is the right word? Like syndicated onto NPR oh, or that, something? I think that is the correct terminology. Something to that. I, I could fact check me, but I was under the impression of that's what was going on. Show on NPR. What restrictions? I, and I ran across this from, I think, Cali, uh, not Calif, uh, uh, Doug. Cliff Douglas. Because he's going to be on it. I think Cliff apparently. Douglas is going to be on it talking about vaping and e-cigarettes. And so they're asking what restrictions, if any, we were just talking about this, what restrictions, if any, do you think should be placed on e-cigarettes and vaping products? And what role do you think FDA should play in regulating them? If you or someone you know has used e-cigarettes, what's your experience been like? Everybody go comment on this. Mm -hmm. Give them your two cents. They might use it on their show. You might, they might have a discussion with cliff douglas about it but that's essentially what we were just talking about there does need to be some regulation yeah sure but and in, in yeah. my tweet i responded to this and i said you know what fda's role here should be 
enforcing and setting up good manufacturing practices, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have any weird contaminants getting in our e-liquid. We don't want that. We want good manufacturing practices. High we want accurate nicotine, and yeah. truthful labeling on our products, right? Yeah, we want to yeah. know correct milligram strength. We want to know what's in here. That way people with allergies can make sure to avoid certain things, right? Labeling is important. Important. And then beyond that, I think the only other thing they really ought to be doing is regulating or rather educating the public on the fact that this is actually less harmful than smoking. Yeah, and if risk. you are a person who is smoking, perhaps you should consider using this product. I definitely think that is in their wheelhouse to be doing. 100%. And they are certainly not. But I think baseline maintaining the products, you know, are, I say safe and effective in terms of like no contaminants, no, right. you know, that sort of yeah, thing, like the product and manufacturing standards. Right. I mean, how long has has, you know, the industry and, and consumers and everyone just been screaming? All we needed was product standards. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's it. All we yeah. needed was product standards. No, and that's how it's done with food to review every right? single, you know, VG right. and PG that's ever been used. Right. Oh, you because use the they're same so we still need different. all the yeah. signs. Yeah, so know, like, dramatically right. different. Right. So dramatically absurd. different. I think I said something similar, Danielle Jones, about FDA needs to regulate for the safety of the products, not the not the effects of the products. And I made the I made a bad analogy of like, well, we don't ban sodium in burgers for the greater good. Right, right. You know, and we also don't ban people from eating them every day of the week for the greater good. Right. You're required on the label to put You're what, just required on the label, exactly, right. to put how and much like sodium. Like what percentage of your daily intake of that you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. So as a consumer, if you pick up a product and it says, this has 5,000% of what your daily yeah. daily sodium intake is supposed to be. Don't drink sodium <laughs> for the next three weeks. decision on whether or not you want to put that product into your body, yeah. right? Like yep. have, give the people the facts and then let them, you know, make, we've already established that these products are not inherently dangerous. They nope. are not killing people. Nope. They are not, you know, giving people diseases. They are not doing any of the stuff that you would want to like watch out for, right? So beyond that baseline, they should be allowed to be sold as long as they've got truthful information on the packaging. Yep, 100% agree. 100 same as food, agree. same as dietary supplements, same as a lot of other things that FDA regulates, right? Like, you know how to do this, FDA. You've been doing it for a real long... Do you think every frozen burrito gets an authorization from the <laughs> FDA? Yeah, every different no. formulation of burrito? No, it no, does there's not. Just, there's basic product and manufacturing standards for a yeah. lot right. of food. And then if something does happen, then FDA can issue recall orders and right. things like that from there. Which is part of the guidelines that you're supposed to follow, right? Like you need to be able to recall things if needed and you need to be able to, you know, do, and that's part of your guidelines. Other than that, let the people have the frozen Which, burritos. Look, look if, yeah. we, you know, if we had a fully functioning, uh, you know, regulatory system around cannabis and things like that, then a volley <laughs> would not have happened the way that it had happened. Agreed. No. Agreed. Because yeah. FDA, you know, A, would have there would have been better, more, you know, legal products out there for people to get to begin with uh, mm -hmm. that they can trust and verify. They wouldn't have been and, buying and from whatnot. the black market. Right. right. 
but if those legal products, say a company had done something along the lines of what happened with Volley and vitamin E, then those products, instant recall, whatever, what have you, bring them back in. And that mm -hmm. it would have just been a very different story. Right. As opposed to what we ended up with. 2,500 people sick and like 70 people dead or whatever. And, the weird and people would have wouldn't have like been afraid different. to be honest with their doctors about what they consumed, sure. right? Because that's part of the problem is that, you know, people in states where cannabis is illegal and they use the products didn't necessarily want to tell the doctors in the hospitals what they had taken. <laughs> right, right. No, just you know? a jewel. Just, just, I mean, it was just, just a jewel. You know. Promise. And that's a, that's a problem just across the board with, with any drugs, legal or illegal. I right. mean, even with, a, you know, insurance companies with smoking. You know how many people try to lie about their, their smoking or things like that to avoid paying yeah. extra on their insurance and stuff? I mean, the right. system that we have, I mean, this is just a broader conversation of the, yeah, the for sure. you know, overall healthcare system in America. Um, but it doesn't create honesty. No, that's surely one thing our healthcare system does not create is is open, honest conversations between you know people and their care providers, and, um, and which is counterproductive really because they is. can help you better when you are honest with them about what you yeah. are doing, right? right. Like, Instead of being scared about going to jail or getting in trouble, right? Or, you know, exactly. Unbelievable. Which you're supposed to be protected when you have an open, honest conversation with your your right. doctor, but um, you know. There's way too I, many uh, routes they can take as far as, you know, if you're especially if you're a parent or, you know, mm -hmm. now you're endangering the welfare of your children and all these other things. And yeah. So people are just they just lie for yeah, good reason. Yeah. For yeah. good yeah. reason. Well, and, yeah. I, and there's many people that I've talked to in, you know, the quote unquote grim army, but as well as in my Patreon who don't just don't tell their doctors that they vape. They just no. don't, they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with the hassle of it. They don't want their doctor having any sort of like preconceived notions about yeah. and their doctor goes, Oh, you know, what's wrong? Got a you know, perfect bill of health. Your lungs look great. And you're like, okay, cool. Thanks doc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't hide it from my doctors, but I could see the concern. Yeah. And if you had a doctor that maybe was like, Murr, you know, I don't volunteer it. But I I won't lie about it if asked point blank. But I don't. I'm not like, right. hey, did you know that? Uh, I just wanted to let you know. You know, yeah. no. Just the first thing you say. How Danielle are you doing today? Walks, I vape. She walks way, through the doctor's <laughs> office just chucking clouds. Just, yeah, just RDA. Perhaps handing yeah. out pamphlets. That's something yeah, I might do. Yeah, she's blowing O's and doing cloud tricks past the receptionist desk. <laughs> No, one of the projects that I actually want to, uh, spoiler alert, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but one of the projects I actually want to work on with for CASA is uh, creating a sort of like pamphlet and accompanying web page on the CASA website that is specifically designed like for physicians, right? Saying like, you've probably heard a lot of strange things about mm -hmm. vaping, but we would like to clarify for you, you know, what the facts are about this so that oh. you can better help your patients, right? Because I've, I've gotten information, insider information, that, you know, your random primary care doctor, right? People take 80 million different things. They're taking supplements from the yeah. internet. They're yeah. taking this. They're taking yeah. that. Doctors don't have time to research every single one of these random, you know, things. So they'll go with whatever popular opinion is. They're, they're you know, they and don't like necessarily so have that time. Just, it's so much of it just, you know, it's, um, it's trickled down from. Right. Whatever exactly. the AMA or right. FDA or CDC, exactly. And they then just those, those guidelines that. just get right. handed down across the board, and 
Nobody questions yeah. it, right? Because those are the people that you listen to. But so I want to create a resource that says, actually, hang on a second. Let's, you know, really dive into things, some things that FDA and perhaps CDC have said, even, you know, they'll have to whisper it, but they yeah. do actually say it, right? Uh, and then give you some resources that doctors are really going to like, you know, the best studies, the best, you know, big reviews, things like that. And try to, you know, put information out that way. So if we we get that, that's my next project after I finish the one I'm currently working on. Got a lot of projects. Um, I'll, I'll walk through doctor's offices handing that stuff out like yeah, candy. You watch. You I'll do it. You should. And I just and I want to make it printable. So all you out there can print it out and go hand it to your doctor as well. I want. I want the doctors to be educated and uh, and open to it. And I don't want, you know, I don't want the day that I go to a doctor's office and I'm like, uh, I'm having a hard time breathing and I feel some pain down here. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you vape, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's probably what it is. You right, should go home. Right. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't a kid dies that, that way. Yeah. yeah, A kid, kid actually that died that way. He, yeah. he Can, in uh, fact, Canadian had a boy, completely different unrelated syndrome or situation, medical emergency going on. But the doctors oh, wow. wrote it off as vaping when it was actually something much more serious. Something horrible. And the, he went home and the had poor a stroke. kid died. Yeah, so, he had a stroke. you know, I, I believe that doctors also want to be informed about this mm -hmm. because I believe at the end of the day, the doctors care about the health of their patients. And so if they had more accurate information that helped them could make better choices for their patients, better all of this, I think that they want that at the end of the day. So this is why I would want to create a resource like this because I think they want to be informed. They just... I don't know that they're being misinformed. I like this resource. I think you should do it. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the American Heart Association. So I'm going to skip that. We can yeah. talk about, uh, actually, let's check in on some, uh, I think there were some super chats that popped up during the stream. I might not be able to see them. Oh, here, there they are. I can see them. We'll go ahead and read these. Super chats that came in during the stream. Mums is the big super chatter of the day. Fishy just said, I uh, can't make it tonight. Probably replay crew unless I can get away. But I wanted to shoot you a hearty yo yo and yo-ha to all. Have a great stream. Fishy, Fishy, I love you, man. Thank you. It's very much appreciated. Probably see you on the replay crew. Then we had some uh, super chats from Mums that I feel like I should have read during the stream. He says, uh, about the poll, I have a poll in the chat if you haven't done it. It's too late. I'm ending it right now. Sorry. About the poll. The body uses nicotine to protect its brain cells when exposed to heavy metals. Nicotine also accelerates the regeneration of nerve cells. This is some completely unsubstantiated medical information. I, I don't, I have never, I have not heard those things. The body uses nicotine to protect its brain cells when exposed to heavy metals. That I don't know about. I know that they believe that nicotine has some uh, neuroprotective qualities to it. Yeah. Which they first, you know, started hinting at this when they did, I think it was the army, if I'm not mistaken, some military branch had, you know, they have tons of data because they have tons of service members, right? So they can track like huge things for a long period of time. And they randomly noticed that people who smoke had a much lower instance of Parkinson's, I believe mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. And so they started this, based on that little fact, they started looking into this. So there is evidence that it has neuroprotective qualities. I don't, I cannot fact check the heavy metals thing. I don't know about that. I have not heard that personally. I'm, I'm going to have to look into it. We'll have to look into it, mums. Uh, he says, almost all past studies identifying nicotine as a nerve poison and such were studies that did not examine pure nicotine, but components of tobacco. Sure, I could see that. That's true. Also, uh, in animals only. 
Yeah, That's the in, other key in animals only. Yeah, that drives me batty too. Yeah, it's animal studies and the studies on humans are in smoking, which vaping is not smoking and nicotine mm. use is not smoking. Like you wouldn't draw conclusions about a nicotine patch from smoking, would you? Would you do that? That wouldn't be very smart, right? That wouldn't, nobody would do that. Nobody, yeah, nobody would. Who have. <laughs> ex except for the people that have. Uh, he says, uh, new studies, there is nicotine in the mouth spray for, what word is this? Prophylaxis? Prophylaxis? Okay. Prophylaxis? What? It's an action taken to prevent d disease, especially by specified means or against a specified disease. So a prophylactic solution is like a preventative solution. Uh, okay, yeah, there is nicotine in the mouth spray for prophylaxis in still healthy people who have an increased risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay, so he's saying they treat people with an increased risk of Alzheimer's and dementia with a nicotine mouth spray? I know the MIND study is studying the use of nicotine for Alzheimer's. Mm. I'm not aware of any approved treatment for that already. Mums, you got to email me these studies, bro. Email them to me. Uh, he says it's too expensive to share more information, but there are new scientific findings and they are just being used. But vaping nicotine is bad for real. No, it's not. It's not. We've been studying nicotine for such a long time. It's a little bit goofy how much information we actually have around nicotine. True facts. Uh, I'm going to pick two more things to mention this week in uh, TBN here. The Philippines. Have you been around Danielle Jones for the great Philippines discussion of vaping in the Philippines? Uh, I know that it was definitely tumultuous for a while there, but I believe we have was, some good news recently. There was some good news recently, and the way this this the way this came to pass was 2021, I think, maybe even 2020. There was uh, the FDA was being uh, I don't know if questioned or interviewed is the correct term. Uh, by the Philippine Congress and uh, the Philippine Congress was asking their Philippine FDA about receiving money from foreign interest groups. And the man from FDA essentially said, well, I've been instructed not to answer that question. And so the Congresswoman at the time uh, said, okay, well, full stop, we're going to launch a congressional investigation into the FDA about uh, accepting foreign money in terms of crafting anti-e-cigarette or anti-vape legislation, this, that, and the other. From Bloomberg. From Bloomberg. So in the process of this, the Senate crafted this bill that is called, they just called it Vape Bill. Straight, I love it. In America, it would be called something with nine different words. Vape Bill. That's it. It's just Vape Bill. Um, and I don't know if this is how it just works in the Philippines or not, but... This bill passed everything and just needed to be either signed or vetoed by their president. Mm -hmm. Or if he does neither, it just becomes law on a certain date. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that's actually how it works, but that's what happened in this is the vape bill was voted on, passed, and then it sat. I don't know why I have this article up here. I'm not going to read it. It's just for the headline. There's also this headline. Yeah, I don't know enough about Philippines legislative process I, yeah. to answer that. I, I know how either. it works in the U.S. 
Yes. I don't know how it works in the Philippines. Apparently, this bill was wildly popular, passed, and has been sitting waiting to get signed or vetoed for quite a while, months now. And then as of July 25th, neither of those things happened. So it passed into law and has become a law so that in the Philippines now, vaping is legal and regulated uh, and there's no sort of flavor bans and it's being regulated very much in the same way that we would wish that FDA would regulate in terms of product safety standards. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of about it. And that's about it. They're going to they're really talking about how great this is going to be for the economy. It's going to help all of these Philippine vape companies and it's going to boost the economy. And now there's these small companies in the Philippines that are going to, you know, be selling all this vape stuff. They call it novel tobacco products, you know, mm -hmm. like the rest of the world. And uh, it's kind of being really like celebrated. There's some pushback on it, of course. And you hear typical stuff about uh uh, you know, my heart is broken because this passed and the science clearly tells us how harmful these products are, things like that. But then the overwhelming majority of Filipino people and their Congress are all in love with this bill. So I think this is a good thing, spectacularly good thing for the Philippines. Sounds good to me. It's just going to be regulated. And that's great. I'll take some great news out of the Philippines. And maybe we'll get even more awesome like hemo stuff out of the Philippines. Yeah, exactly. Because, That's exactly what I'm Philippines. thinking. Because the Philippines and they create bomb.com vape stuff. They really do. I know. And then shit, maybe we'll get some bomb.com Filipino vape stuff in the future. You're just not getting it through the mail here. Yeah, you're just not. Well, I mean, you can. <laughs> well, maybe. Or are you though? Or are you? Or legally. are you? Yeah, legally. It was like that old Mitch Hedberg joke about the the UPS driver, how he's like, I love the UPS driver because he's a drug dealer and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, like space, it's essentially that. It's essentially yeah. that same Yeah, sentiment. if you've delivered mail for USPS, you've dropped a box of drugs off somewhere. Yeah, you definitely have. Absolutely. Undeniably. For sure. For sure. Undeniably. Yeah. But, I mean, even in the vape mail ban, they did have that, like, small personal package yeah, like they did. Ten they did. Ten small packages out. per month. That you ten lightweight ship. personal packages yeah. per month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the black market carve out. I mean, <laughs> that's what that is. That's all that is. It's just you know when you Venmo your coil builder, you just tell them it's for groceries. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is for groceries. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, okay, so there's one last thing I wanted to talk about. Because it's in the title of this, okay, dear. Oh, we had a we had a presidential turnover in the Philippines. Yeah, did we? I remember talk about it, but I didn't follow exactly how. Okay, it and I believe he's he's uh, he's the son of the previous president. Before. Oh, is it that guy who stole all the money? I do, did I he steal money? I could be wrong. Yeah. Is I he could a be stealer. What I watched I'm, this is I, completely. I could be mixed up as to who ended up winning and who. No, I think because I, I thought it was primarily between two people, and I thought the person who wasn't the son of the former president who stole a bunch of money He's, was a woman. He won. <laughs> so I think if the man won, I think that was hit. So this is completely separate. I just from I get the I get their I get their names mixed yes. up as to which one. Oh, yeah, is I which. don't know. Because I don't, I don't know pay anybody's attention name. to the Philippines, and I apologize to all the Filipino viewers out there. You're not getting also, any sweet Filipino apologize. after you said that. 
But I think it was a Philip DeFranco episode where they or something where I watched. They went into like who the you know primary candidates were, and one of them was the son of a prior president who right. apparently swindled and stole a ton of money from the Inco people, the government. I'm not wrong. So. <laughs> and then booked it out of the country and ran away. And it was all this drama and it was a oh, huge yeah. thing. And they're still and like demanding where the money is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah, of, it's, but it's yeah, so that guy's son won. Well, I'm okay. Cool. Well, listen, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know about any of that, but I do know that they've legalized and regulated vaping in the Philippine, Philippines. So it's and I'm kind of like a roller coaster of yeah. good and bad news in the it Philippines. Is. Right? It is. Kind of and, you know, a father news. could be different. You know, a son could be different than his father. Absolutely so, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't Sometimes know. the apple doesn't even fall off the tree. I, or sometimes it falls <laughs> and rolls like 80 yards the other. This so, is also know. true. Sometimes rolls they get right by towards gear, harm so. reduction. I don't know about yeah. the dude, so I don't want to say anything. But I did hear about his dad, so that's all okay, I can so tell you. Okay, so chat, chat is basically saying we're right that that's who. Okay, yeah. Oh. That's that's who was. Yeah. So. Uh, you know. chat, chat knows. Okay, Ooh, yeah. Before I mention Straya, I don't know much about this tax in Germany, but it is an excessive tax in germany uh nice purple in with the chat here it says watching from germany here just going crazy hearing about the stuff going on across the street uh see and we are just getting crazy taxation here which is just utter bs so they're getting taxed on non-nicotine just pgvg oh wow um it's is treated as like a per mil tax wow just pg if you buy it at certain locations, it gets the nick. It gets the ta- tobacco tax on it. But if you buy yeah. it at a, I don't know, a grocery store, it yeah, like it a, would like not. A food, like a food store, like a right. commercial store or something. No tax. Mm. No tax. Could be the same brand. Could be the same bottle. Same everything. everything. But if you buy it in a vape shop, whew, tax. Yeah, tax. Get taxed. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it, it's real tough. Um, I was talking to to, me, to Dimitri about this, and I wish I remembered more of what Dimitri told me about this, but he said they had almost word for word the same tax in Greece, but it was only able to last a couple of months because of something or other he and the vape businesses did. They got together and they did a thing and it got overturned like really quickly. And mm. Dimitri seems to think that that same method would work in Germany. And I'll, that's all the vague details that I have right now. Hmm. I'll, I'm going to clarify with Dimitri to see what can be done in Germany, but they're getting shafted with that tax right now. Yeah, so well, it seems like they could flood, argue for like unfair treatment. Right? We'll figure it out. I'll flood his, it, it, it was something along those lines. It was something along yeah. those lines of. Yeah, it's it, probably it was, unfair. Right. I mean, yeah, treating unfair. the same product different when it's sold by one person versus another person. I mean. Yeah, I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember what exactly what Dimitri said, because as he was explaining it to me, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. in my brain. Of course, they can reverse this tax here. But now, you know, Grim Grain. (laughs) Great memory on that guy. (laughs) So I don't quite remember. But uh, shout out to you, all the vape fam in Germany. I'm sorry about your tax. And when I was there at Hall of Vape, there was a, a vendor selling just huge jugs of PG and VG huge jugs of it it was like big signs that said pre-tax like the tax sure. is implemented next week so mm. stock up on your pgvg mm. now 
people were just buying it like crazy. Yep, F the FDA. All right, so the last thing I wanted to mention to talk about this week is Australia. Now, Australia has been having very similar, if not the same exact growing pains of vaping as the United States has, right? They, they, they get scared of youth vaping epidemics uh, and they talk about nicotine addiction and they, there's been popcorn lung thrown around. And even though mm -hmm. it didn't happen in their country, they've mentioned Ivali from time to time. And there's a lot of pushback Almost, I would say as much, easily as much, if not more pushback in Australia. They're already on the prescription model, which mm -hmm. is failing, failing miserably. But I ran across this and found it to be very, very interesting. This was put out by the University of Queensland, Australia, and it's essentially clarifying Australia's youth vaping figures. I, I, I've never seen anything like this before, especially from a, you know, a United States university questioning the media but it says over the past fortnight australian media outlets have been awash with alarmist claims about large increases in youth vaping the problem was reported as being so dire that it prompted several sydney private school principals to send letters to parents these media reports provided no data on the size of the problem the national drug strategy household survey data released a week after those media reports should have clarified the true extent of Australia's young vaping problem. However, reporting and interpretation of those results by some media outlets was inaccurate and confusing. This is essentially, from what I can tell reading through this, this is the University of Queensland kind of calling out the Australian media. Yeah. Fact-checking them. On inflating their youth vaping numbers on their reports. Mm -hmm. That's incredible to me. Yes. That just seems so incredible to me. And I don't know. I just wanted to share this. For anybody in Australia, uh, yeah, other Australian media outlets incorrectly reported. It's really good. And why don't we see this happening like any, literally anywhere else in the world? Could you imagine something like this happening in the States? Oh, my God. How incredible I, would that be? I wish. Yeah, if like Harvard. It's just a matter of what, what does the media know. do with it from there? Does the media double down or do they, you know? That's the question, right? Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like even in this country, if something like this were to come out, our media here would still double down on fear. Yeah, 100%. We, they would disregard this entirely and, and continue continue the fear-mongering agenda that we've had for, you know, the last however long about literally everything. Like, I, I mean, we I see it with fentanyl like exposure, right? This, yes. But I just don't foresee even here that it would change much in regards to the way our media reports things. We already see it with these fentanyl exposures, right? You've got tons oh, sure. of toxicologists, yes. medical professionals being quoted on the record saying this is not real. This doesn't work this way. This doesn't happen like this. And yet still, you know, every day the police, you know, put out another report, which the media picks up and regurgitates as, you know, fact. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. now nobody yeah. has, I don't think, a like a, you know, Harvard didn't put out a website like this for that. I don't know. Maybe that would make a difference. I don't know. I don't know the answer. It is fear just like their default setting. It sells. It's it like, sells, oh, we it need to raise awareness for something. Papers. Yeah. Yeah. Good news doesn't sell. No. Bad news sells. Fear sells. Yeah, good absolutely. news. Look, good news sells. Good news hits with me. 
There's a few subreddits I subscribe to strictly for like there's one called Uplifting News mm. that doesn't end up in my feed super often, just you know for whatever reasons. But when it does, it's like oh, okay, that's some uplifting news. I'll take that uplifting news. I mean, I feel that way too, but apparently the majority are, of public think doesn't. Are people just used to, to being outraged? I think so. I, I think at this point we're just so desensitized to a base level of rage right. that we need more new, exciting, more ragey things right. Right, right. to make us feel feelings again. Right. Yeah. That's where yeah. I Agreed. think we're at Agreed. in this country. Wow. Agree. <laughs> that's hard to that agree. Is so, that is that's so just, depressing. That's where I think dark. we're all at in this country. Yeah. 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 We're desensitized to the rage. To like things that should normally like alarm us and concern us and and. Oh, get us out there saying something. Those things right. don't bother us anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, yeah, we're like, well, is it worse than COVID? Oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it worse than? Yeah, and yeah, you do get. I, I mean, think think about. You know, I don't want to go too far into the the world of shootings, but think about gun violence in this country. How often do you hear of something happening, and everyone takes two minutes to go, "Oh my God, that's tragic. That's horrible." You know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And then five minutes later, everyone has moved on to the next yep. thing. Yeah, it's because there it's is disgusting. a next thing to it's, move it's on to. It's awful. It's disgusting, yeah. you know. But that's why we're kind of just in this, you know, perpetuous cycle of these things is because we specifically, I think, as Americans are so desensitized to these things happening that we're no longer truly outraged. We're outraged long enough for our thumbs to type out 240 characters and hit tweet. Right. And yeah. that's right. it. And it's, it's our awful. baseline is outrage at this point. Right. So it has and to so, be like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. News media, their outlets are just looking for the next thing that's going to top that last thing that you became numb to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you eventually. That is sad. It's but it's, I think <laughs> it's true. I think it's the complete sad truth, complete sad, right on the nose truth. Yeah. And I only like I only I really identify with that because. I mean, A, yeah, you do get less and less outraged about certain things and you're outraged for less and less time. And um, when I was growing up and living in a small town, Carson City up in Nevada, um, you didn't see uh, really any homeless people in, in the whole town, really anywhere. There, there wasn't really any homeless. When you saw homeless people, you're like, oh, my gosh, wow, that's like a ooh, homeless people. Crazy. Wish we could do something for them, you know, sticks with you. And then in Los Angeles, like it still gets to me, but I drive by so many homeless camps just on my one commute to the post office back and forth week after week after week after week after week that there's times where it's like, did I even see the homeless camp this week? Or did were my blinders just completely on because I've I've driven past it so many times where it just it just doesn't exist to me anymore. I hate that. Mm -hmm. That's sad. Yeah. That's not a good place to be, man. That that is where we're at, really, with so many things. That is too sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. It's like it's normalized or we get desensitized. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. And nothing really ever hit with me harder with thoughts and prayers than when, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make anybody sad, but when Matt Sinister passed, it was a really big deal to a lot of people. Like tears were being shed hard for a lot of people. And then some other people didn't care. And my first gut reaction was like, well, why don't you care about this? 
and it's like, no, like, of course they're not going to care about one of our friends dying because they've heard about this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And like, yes, it's another little kind of like newsy blip in the vape world, but it's kind of just that it's another newsy blip in the vape world of someone who passed away. And we hear every day about people who pass, you know, who pass away. So I don't blame people for being desensitized, I guess, or I don't blame, blame people for not being completely compassionate. Every time you hear some bad news and, you know, it's emotionally exhausting to do that. So I don't blame sure. people. I mean, I, I think I, I think for a lot of people, whether it's this community or other advocacy communities, whenever you're dealing with trying to save mass lives, um, it's easy to, you know, when you hear about somebody dying or, or you know, you hear about someone, you know, experiencing fatal overdose and, and dying. And there does kind of come a point where. I think compassion is replaced by anger a lot. I think a lot of people like that, that mm -hmm. empathy is, mm -hmm. is kind of replaced by anger. Like when I hear about a lot of things now, yes, I'm sad for a minute and then I'm immediately angry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what, where does the anger come from? Cause for me, it comes from, I guess more a feeling of like helplessness. Sure. Like when yeah. I hear about, I remember a few years ago, there was some bad vape legislation passed in California, and it was something that I was really adamantly fighting against day after day after day and on live streams and videos. And when it passed, I like took it like personally. It like really, I don't know, it really hit with me. Like I broke down and I really like really took it personally that this like just this little bad vape legislation had passed just crazy yeah. invested in it you know i don't know no exactly yeah i, I try to just that. direct that 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 anger at the people who deserve it policymakers lawmakers yeah um, else who should know better and and try to you know save what compassion i have for those around me friends family etc cetera, etc cetera. because it's too easy it's too easy to just get mad it's too easy it's to so like, easy to to, to to go well you know what i've been nice long enough now like that's <laughs> yeah, it's now easy I'm mad. it's easy to lose yeah. that and just and just you know be enraged and, and whatever, I, but... I don't know why it's so hard at least for me i'm speaking personally maybe i'm oversharing but there's sometimes i'll wake up in the morning and i'll just be in a bad mood and i don't know why and i'm just in a bad mood and i know that i don't want to be in a bad mood but i just keep being in a bad mood and i'm like why can't i just be fucking normal. Like, why can't I just smile or laugh instead of like, why is it It's so hard to get out of that funk once you're in it? Oh, it's just yeah. easy to get mad and angry and you just bury yourself in it. And it seems really difficult to get out of it. My mood for the day is entirely dependent on how my back feels when I wake up. Sure, sure, sure. That's yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> if the back feels good, we're going to have a good day. Not so much, then not so much. No, if you wake up and your back hurts, it's already over. Yeah. It's already over. Yeah, I get that. I think, I think too, that people have to compartmentalize as a coping mm -hmm. strategy for dealing mm -hmm. with the amount of shit that we have to deal with on a daily basis, especially yeah. the way the world is right now, right? There is an endless list of things that could send you into the deepest depression that you would never recover from, right? Yes. But in order endless. to be functioning adults in the world, we do have to compartmentalize and be like, this is awful, but I also have to go to work. 
Right, well, I right, also right, have to take right, care of my right. children yeah. or I also have to put food on the table. Like I can't, I do not have the luxury right. of laying around and just, you know, feeling the feelings about this and being unable to function. I think, so sure. I think we also have to understand that side of it too. Right. Like it is frustrating that there is not more action that is inspired by these horrible things. But also compartmentalizing is a valid coping mechanism that does 100%. have to be recognized. It is, and it's something that I do regularly. I mean, even Danielle knows during the day, like I'm really rarely like in Casa during my work day, nor am I really on Twitter. <laughs> like, so Danielle knows like if you need me during the day, she'll text me. It right. won't be something like through our Casa group or something like that, because that's something I, you know, I will, I go from like work mode to come home family mode. And then it's all of this. Then it's social media, it's vaping, it's harm reduction, it's everything. It's Casa, all that stuff. Right. You have to, you kind of have to. Cause if you just fill your day with all of that bullshit from morning to end, like yeah. you're, you're, that burnout is going to catch up quick. Oh yeah. yeah. It does. Real quick. It does. And I've experienced and so, yeah, you it. You have to carp. carp I can't I'm even say that it. word. And, Compartmentalize. And, and just because, Thank and you. you're My tongue right. didn't want to do it. <laughs> just because someone is doing that and is compartmentalizing also doesn't necessarily mean that they don't care, right? And aren't being affected. active in some capacity or aren't being affected in some capacity or something like that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Human nature to compartmentalize stuff. Yeah. Sure. Every, and, because uh, we have breaks. to prioritize, right? We can't yeah. stop living because a thing is so. I mean, sometimes you do, but you know, we gotta sure. we gotta move forward. And so, knowing often, knowing when that's happening and when people just aren't caring, that's an important thing to distinguish. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. getting good at like identifying when you're getting burnout, like ident being able to identify that is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like when you're starting to feel that that like mm -hmm. the second you get on Twitter, you're mad. Maybe it's time to take a break. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. if it's if I have point to do four seconds sometime. happens between you logging on and pure anger. Yeah. It's yeah. time yeah. to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's yep. like they it's like Twitter knows to serve me the angriest tweets first. It's like the first tweet I see is always the one that sets me off. Every yeah. single so time. So what I try to do to counter that is I follow a number of like accounts at random accounts, like bodega cats, for example. Yeah, okay. So sure, okay. Sure. And okay. I like to, I'll like every time I see one of those tweets, I like mm -hmm. it. So I'll force that algorithm yeah, to yeah. feed me yeah, some smart. of the better stuff first. That's so smart. follow those accounts and like the shit out of them. That's, yep. <laughs> that's my, that's my best advice. How to, Cause yeah. I'll be like, Oh cool. Bodega cats. Ooh, tiny houses. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Bad policy. But mm -hmm. I've, I've, right. you know, I've, I've started out good, so I'm not right, immediately right. angry. Right. Yeah, not immediately. No, I do that with, with YouTube, right? So my YouTube account is really only like woodworking and furniture flipping and home renovations, you know, graphic design stuff, things that make me very happy, right? YouTube is like my, where, the social media channel I go to when I am just raged out with Twitter, right? Cannot handle it, right. cannot do anymore. Let's watch someone grout tile. That <laughs> will be much better, right? Yeah. Or Logan knows if I'm having a bad day, he will send me photos before and after photos of oh, the landscaping landscapes. work that he yeah. does. Mm. I find it so soothing. It mm -hmm. is my favorite thing, you guys, because he will send a picture of this like jaggedy looking yard, yeah, right? That is habitat. like things yeah. are just, you know, <laughs> and then the picture that comes back to me is like, 
perfectly edged with precision <laughs> edged yeah. oh, God, shrubs that is satisfying. and like the lawn mode perfect pavers aligned in a perfect grid like, i have i have some from today then to send you <gasps> I, yeah it, the little things that just make you happy. Yeah. You need to, you know, yeah, watch look, the silly cat videos. Do you ever feel, I constantly have this uh, guilty feeling that when I'm not uh, on Twitter or reading something or being active or doing this thing, if I'm just goofing off or wasting time or I, I, I legitimately because, you know, genuinely feel guilty. Like, Oh no, you're okay, investing time that to get... time in yourself, right? Like it goes back to the old saying, like you can't take care of others if you can't take care of yourself. And that's, right. that's sure, the biggest sure. thing. Like, cool. Yeah. We could have you be a powerhouse for two days straight until you go mad. But for the next week, you know, you're burnt out and now you're not doing anything. But if you learn to take those little breaks and invest in yourself and, and give back to yourself like that, you're going to be more effective for much longer. Yeah. Right. So in the yeah. grand scheme of things, you investing yeah. in you is yeah. investing in all of the things that you that do. I guess that is true. So, I, I so often... continue to take little Star Wars breaks, Nick. We need you right. to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, take Star Wars breaks. And yeah. I have the same issue, especially as the president of Casal, right? I Big feel deal. all this pressure, right? But so here's what I, here's how I balance it. I set up time schedules, right? So, you know, from the minute I wake up and brush my teeth to like, 6 p.m. Right. That is a time when I should be I should you know, if I'm not doing advocacy related things or work related things or being highly productive and involved, I'm I'm I will feel guilty about that if I'm not doing it between those hours. But sure. after those hours, I give myself permission for work life balance that yeah. if I'm not doing anything, if I'm watching Netflix, if I'm whatever, I am allowed because that is my time slot for that. And so when I set those rules up, now sometimes I break them, right? Sometimes something crazy will happen in the evening on Twitter and I'm yelling at people into the night, you know? Yeah. And and sometimes during the day, I had a slow day, so I watch some Netflix, right? But having those parameters sets up allows me to not feel guilty and to make sure that I've scheduled me time, right? So maybe that is a solution that would be and helpful. Another that thing that I like to keep in mind bad. is that just because you're not there on the internet yelling and screaming into the void, does not mean that there is not an entire community of yeah, people out yeah, there. Yeah, doing yeah, it right yeah. It's Excellent. not just That's on you. That's a really you. good point. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not alone in there, and it's not like if you, you know, just you takes this day off, that yeah. everything's going to fall apart, and the last decade of work we've all put into it will all be for nothing. <laughs> and like, that's yeah. not going to happen. There are people out there who are very good at this, who are just as passionate as you. Yeah. Who will be there while you take your break. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's that's okay. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it, look, it's a team effort. And there was uh, Michael, I saw him earlier in the chat. I don't know. I don't know if he's in the chat now, but there's a few people in the chat, like Michael, Mallory Gates, uh, you know, Addie Tooney, that you just see on Twitter all the time. And I'm like, thank God for that. Like, thank you mm -hmm. for them. Uh, just thank God for this community, like in general. There, there's just mm -hmm. so many people out there all putting in that time. And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's okay to take those breaks. Like it's all going to be here when you get back. You know? Yeah, it is. I promise. It definitely is. <laughs> you're, you're not going to miss the end of the debate because you take right, the day right. Off. It'll still be here. Oh yeah. The, yeah. It's not just suddenly going to get solved. I'm going to go on vacation next week. I get back. It's like, oh, you're never going to guess what it. happened. Yeah, you missed this it. investigation into the FDA <laughs> oh, revealed God. all this I mean, stuff. Look, so they, <laughs> if I came back and everything was fixed, I wouldn't be bummed. 
Okay. No, no, I'd be <laughs> celebrating. That's it. And don't worry. If that happens, I'll text you guys so you'll know yeah, what's going yeah, on. Just, okay. I make yeah, you that promise. Please, yeah, we have please. a pact Thank you. between us. Yeah. If someone goes on vacation, you text that and person. Some, you let them some know. Some sort of huge happens. news happens. Right. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. you no, got to keep I'll us be, in the know, loop. Mid trimming some burning bushes or something, and I'll my phone will go off, and Danielle will be like, "We won." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We won. <laughs> We won. Biden vapes, you guys. It's over. <laughs> that's the see. That's the headline I'm waiting for. That's the yeah. vaping 360 Jim McDonald headline I'm waiting for. Right. We won. I, I think we'll get there in our lifetime. Constitutional amendment to protect protect vaping has just been passed. No, yeah, that would, that's <laughs> yeah, never some gonna sort happen. of like that's never. Gonna Congress happen. opens the free market. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> um, uh, we had one last super chat from the great fishy. He just says, Hey, Hey, everyone. Hey, love you. Hey, fishy. Love you, bro. Appreciate you, pimp. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. All right. Well, listen, you guys, this is a really good discussion today. I learned a lot of things. I love having you on Logan exhales. I appreciate you making the time. I know uh, you just got off work, and I know that working and then working is not ideal, but this, we this very is, appreciate this, this it. Wasn't, this wasn't work. This is a great time. This is a great discussion. So, oh, well, thanks thank for you having very me. much. I appreciate, appreciate you. Um, pimp your stuff, Logan Exhales. Where can people find you? Twitter, Patreon, uh, the Resin Vape Podcast. Yeah, you still do that? Uh, Twitch? No, I don't. Twitch? I haven't done the Resin Vape Podcast in a long time. Oh. First and foremost, though, you can head over to kasa.org and become yeah. a member because it's absolutely free. Uh, yep. You should do that before you do anything else. I don't have any Kassah um, propaganda. Yep, like Earn says, donate if you can. You know, every little, every penny counts. It all, yep. you know, it all counts. Yep. Uh, we promise we'll put it to good use. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as I go, you can follow me across social media at Logan Exhales. Usually there's an underscore in there. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, Patreon, all those things. I do a, um, I do a Sunday night stream called The Come Down. Uh, it's on Twitch. You can find that in, in the link on any of my social medias as well. Yeah. Um, that's also just Logan Exhales. And it's a fun time. We play games. We drink beers. We vape things. But, yeah, that's it. Kassah is the most important, Sick. though. Go there first. Yeah, go to Kassah As first. Michael Redfern in chat says, buy a Kassah t-shirt. They're so Ooh, cool. I have an Let's old one. I have an old New that's York one. That's an old one. one. Yeah, that's it. An old New York one. I vape, I vote, yeah. I only have the new t-shirts. I mean, yeah. they're, I got they're, they're great. Weapons of mass disruption is my favorite yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> that was Danielle's design. I mean, I thought I was pretty clever. Not going to lie. Dude, now you guys it's are really actually good. getting my campfire lighting. This is this is like nighttime lighting for me, and I just forever feel like I'm telling ghost stories. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, real, I'm a real bad streamer, the you guys. The call I'm really is bad coming from the inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> Logan. Well, listen, there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube about good stream lighting. Good I've been YouTube watching lighting. them. Yeah. Look, this doesn't just yeah. happen by accident. There's a lot going on off the scenes here. <laughs> I think I think I'm just comfortable in being the guy who's bad at streaming and persistent. Mm. Sure, at it. sure, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're gonna have Wait, a that's gimmick, a brand. Yeah. That is yeah, a brand. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's my brand is yeah. you know. I just mm -hmm. go at it as half-assed as possible yeah. and pray that it works. Trying my best. Thoughts That's just prayers. your tagline. Trying my yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. That's Thoughts all and prayers. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. 
All right, you guys. Uh, I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, very much appreciate everybody coming out to TBN. We are going to go on a little bit of a break, but I'll explain everything in the vlog. Danielle Jones is actually moving, like we said at the beginning of the show, cross freaking country to her new uh, yep. her new home in uh, Indiana. Wish her all the most best traveling experience possible. Yeah, you know, and if you recommend no vape clacks. shops in the Indianapolis area, let me know because yeah. I would love to because they still exist in Indiana. I know, apparently. just not in California. Yeah, they right. do. Not in California, but they do in Indiana. Yeah, find your local vape shop. John find Haymaker, I should be doing a true crime podcast right now. Oh, I do look like podcast. I should be doing a true crime podcast. You into true crime at all? You're not into true no. crime? No, I'm no. not either. My wife is. I yeah, like it. I'm I watch not. the Netflix shows. I get down yeah. on some uh I get down on some religious true crime. I don't know why that I find that more fascinating. Like, uh, like when like when the church cult. does things really wrong, or like yeah, like oh. cults and churches. Like there was a big doc about uh, the Mormons and uh, some document uh, shenanigans. And I find yeah, yeah, yeah. that I find that really very fascinating. I don't yeah. know. Nick, no, you I and I have like... joked about doing a religious podcast as yeah. atheists. Yeah, I still would really love to. I love talking about it. Ooh, back to your roots, Nick. Yeah, back to my roots, baby. Yeah. Back to my roots. Look, yeah, my, my password. Did I tell you about my password to my computer? Here, I'll end with this story. It's not Don't a very good story. Tell us. I won't password. tell you the password. I won't tell you the password. But for my Mac, for the longest time, like for, since I got it, my password to log into my Mac is always just pickle, right? Like I'm never going to forget it. All lowercase pickle. I can get in real quick. And then one night uh, I was sitting here working late at night with some shed time, you know, with some shed time. And I thought I'm sitting here thinking if I die, it's going to be really easy for anybody to get into my computer. It's going to be the first password you guess to log in pickle. Of course it is. So everybody can I mean. get into my computer. And then I thought, I want to be more mysterious. So I gave myself a long, complicated Bible verse password. Sure. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Bible verses, and it's real long and a lot of numbers, and I don't think anybody would ever guess it. And so now I Probably feel not. more secure. I feel more excited. I mean, not excited about dying, but if I were to die, then it'd be a little mysterious. Like, what's Nick's password? No one's going to guess a Bible verse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Except clever. now everyone's going to guess a Bible verse. Yeah, but you have a lot of going through the every Bible. single yeah. one the longest. is not going to work. <laughs> Genesis 1-1. One, one. Nope. Genesis 1-2. One, two. One, two. Nope. <laughs> that would one, take three. a while. <laughs> yeah. It would take eons. Uh, yeah. Let's start it up, Danielle. Let's just start our religious podcast. Yeah, we should do it with my little brother who is becoming a minister. By we the way. should. We should do it. I need to meet your brother first. He's he's pretty cool. I would actually. love to do a podcast with uh someone who's becoming a minister or a pastor. Right? That would be so fascinating. You know, you know it's it, when I was when I was young, I was I was told there are two things you never talk about. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. politics and religion. Ah. My two favorite things to talk about yeah, are yeah. politics and Polit religion. Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> Also, Same. sex, right? That's yeah, another sure. one that you're never yeah. supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah talk you don't, about that. Don't talk about sure. sex. And I love talking about sex. Yeah, sure. Everybody, I love 
I love like my favorite things to talk about are all the things you shouldn't talk about. We should definitely talk about drugs. We should definitely talk about sex. We should absolutely talk about politics and definitely talk about religion. Yeah, 100%. yeah. all at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Let's cover yep. all the bases in one hour yep. with the whole. That's family. what you call the podcast: the Thanksgiving yeah. dinner table. Yeah, mm -hmm. everything you're not supposed to discuss gets discussed. Yeah. I we'll just call love it taboo it. at the table. There you go. Taboo mm -hmm. at the table. Mm -hmm. There you go. Damn, this it's is a good idea. This is a million dollar name right there. It really is a million dollar idea. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, while we get working on uh, Taboo at the Table podcast, I'm going to yep. say goodbye to everybody in the chat. Uh, uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for being, you know, down for the cause. Uh, and to those of you on Twitter whom I see literally every day fighting disinformation and misinformation, thank you. Like, from the bottom of my heart, I really very much appreciate it. The way that we're going to win is together. Uh, and, I, and I do think we're going to win. So thank you so much, you guys. And uh, appreciate you. Thank you again, Danielle. Thank you again, uh, Logan Exhales. We're just going to wave and say goodbye like we're on a Disney parade. Bye.